You're listening to the Seasons Change Podcast. Oh, yeah, it's time for the Seasons to Change. Seasons Change, your weekly geekly dose of everything Jeff W. and I have been consuming throughout the week. Movies, TV shows, comic books, video games, everything that comes across our laps. We're going to talk about it. I am your host, Vactor, and I've got the always angry Jeff W. with me. Jeff, how was your week this week? How mad are you this week, Jeff? I don't like you instigating, so <laughs> I'm pretty good. Good, good. Well, we're going to be talking about some great stuff in the world of Star Wars this week, Jeff. That's why I'm hype, and I know Jeff is the biggest Star Wars fan in my friend group, so we're going to have a good Star Wars discussion this week, We can Jeff. talk about that, actually. You know, it's not even that I'm, like, the biggest fan. It's more about that, like, I actually consume the content, oh. you know? We've had we've talked about this before. But, well, that'll help. That'll you know, do it. I actually consume the Star Wars. Shout out to George. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about Star Wars this week. But before we do that, let's tell everybody where they can find us. You can always go over to our Twitter page, Seasons underscore podcast, or our anchor page, anchor.fm slash Seasons Change. There's a little message button that you can record a little voicemail for us, and we can play it right there on the show. Because it saves it. That's the cool thing about Anchor. It saves the voicemail file so that when I go to edit it, I can just easily add those voicemails. So send us a voicemail. Let us know what you guys are enjoying or if you want us to talk about something. You know, we Jeff and I are very busy guys. So if there's anything that we missed that you think we would like or enjoy, why don't you just send us a voicemail? Even on the Anchor app itself, there's just a little message button on there. If you go to our show page... Seasons change on on the Anchor app. You can just send us a voice message right in the app, recorded on your phone. The smartphones these days have great microphones, so you can send that right over to us. Um, one more thing before we get into our Star Wars. Oh talk my god! Show. One more thing. <laughs> our boy Shaw is the first voice that you hear when you're oh, listening yeah. to the podcast. He does a great voiceover for us, and he does our trailer. If anybody wants to check out. Our trailer, you can you can hear our boy Shoff, but he is hireable, which is why I bring it up. Our boy Shoff from the Geek So to Speak podcast. If you want his Fiverr page, you can head over to our show notes, and you can always yeah get linked right away. Shoff is he's a, a good good guy. He's a good guy. Here's to you, Shoff, and incredible man. Speaking of Shoff, like I said, he's on the Geek So to Speak podcast. Yeah, his I have, partner in crime. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Wonder Rob is going to be listening to this right after he watches the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, Jeff. Mm -hmm. um, we won't be talking about that, but we will be talking about how Jeff and I appear on the Seasons Change, I'm sorry, the Geek So to Speak YouTube page. You can always find us playing video games over there. And I have a comic book segment on Geek So to Speak called Vector Loves Comics. So if you want to hear what I'm digging every week, you can check that out. All right, Jeff, let's get right into our main discussion this week. No further delay, Jeff. Mm -hmm. The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 2, The Trials of Tatooine, if you want to say it like Tamora Morrison. Tatooine. Tatooine. So Chapter 2, 
Trials of Tatooine. So, Jeff, our boy Wonder Rob always wants to hear what happened. What is the plot synopsis of this episode, Jeff? Oh, yeah, this is the part where I get out, like, the clock and, uh, yeah. Tell us, you know. Tell us what happened in Jeff's speak. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're going to do another minute. <laughs> so. In Jeff talk. Okay. I'm trying to remember the beginning of this episode. Because <laughs> of all, all the stuff that happened. Um, so, uh, Boba goes to the mayor of the town. He says, like, what here. the hell is going on here? Uh, you know, and then he's like, it's not me. And then you find out that there's more uh, huts. Uh, what do we, I guess that's what we call them. Hut. Yes. Family correct. members are there. And then we get a lot of flashbacks in here. Uh, they do a little bit of cowboy stuff. Hey. Uh, they jump a train. Uh, there's a lot of dancing. There's a lot yeah. of weird motorcycle like yeah. scenes. Uh, a grown man being a, a fucking goofball yeah. on that. Uh, and then there's... Uh, Wonder Rob shows up with a bunch of black fur on him. <laughs> and then uh, there's, you know, a lot of stuff going on. And then he goes to a Grateful Dead show. Somebody yeah. gives him this weird uh, med- medication, they call it. And then next thing you know, he's uh, he's tripping acid. Uh, and then, you know, Boba comes back and uh, he really likes the uh, sand people. Excellent. That was Jeff's recap of our main discussion, Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 2, The Trials of Tatooine. So, Wonder Rob, that was just for you. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, Jeff, let's get into Chapter 2, because Chapter 1, which we discussed on our last episode, was much maligned online. I saw a lot of bad. Not me. Not me. If you listen to our episode, Jeff, I know you were on the episode. Why does it exist? I know you were on the episode, Jeff. Can you answer it for me? Answer that question for me. Why does it exist? Answer it because we haven't we haven't got Boba's you know after you know death scene yet. This is uh this is our Boba story. Nah nah nah. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we learned in the prequels, Jeff, you don't always need everyone's backstory. You don't need to know mm. how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. You don't want to see your favorite character, Jeff, when he was a little toddler taking a dump on or, his toilet. Uh, we're getting his forward story. You don't want to see we're getting that. the continuation of Boba. So speaking of that, there was a bunch of flashbacks in this episode, Jeff, because the last one, there was flashbacks, and this one, there was flashbacks. So mm. my question to you, is this a good, and they talked about this on Screen Crush, and I'll link it in the show notes. They had a, a very good conversation where they were talking about the structure of the show, you know, is it working? and uh, some other things, so check that out. But I want to put it to you. Do you like the flashbacks, or do you think it should just be everything in chronological order from start to finish? What do you think? You know, I, I feel like it, it's funny, and they made that point, and that's, I think, you know, we were both on the same page when we were listening to that uh, their reviews of it as well. Um, I feel like in the show, the whole time, I'm, like, waiting for the flashback scenes. Because uh-huh. that's the most interesting. And that's like, you know, the point to me <clears throat> or what I think is the point of the show, right? Or like you're kind of wondering like why this exists. To me, in my mind, it's to continue that Boba story. You know, like it didn't end in the, uh, is it the Sarlacc pit? Yes. Is, is that what they call it? That's yeah. correct. So it didn't end there. There were, you know, we're 
continuing from that story. And that's been the most interesting content to me. Um, because I mean, there's just, there's at least like, like you're building a character there and I feel like there's more to work with, right? Like you're not, um, you, you, you know, Boba didn't do a ton prior to that, that yes. we know of that's on screen, right? Yeah, not everything's like been in comic books there. or video games or novels before this. There hasn't been right. a whole lot of Boba on screen stuff. Yeah, and that's where, to me, this differs from everything. Like, like there is, like, the movies in this TV show are much more mainstream. Like, it's going to be hard for me to tell somebody to pick up a comic and read a whole comic series based on Boba Fett. But they should. Like, but they should. But I just think it's going to be hard to make that case uh, to some people. Yeah. So I just consider these things to be a little bit more... Uh, you know, well, uh, mainstream and like, and so that, that's the point of it for me. And so that's everything that I've loved about the, especially this episode. That's what's good about this podcast, because I think you can represent that mainstream. And then I can represent the star Wars, the guy who's reading the comics, the guy who's playing the games. I'm not necessarily reading the novels, but I'll definitely watch a YouTube recap. Just, of a just novel. say the word, just say the word nerd. Nah, nerd. Nah, nah, nah. Just say it, Star Wars nerd. If this was a video, we would put that nerds, Revenge of the Nerds clip right there. Yeah, yeah. So So I think, um, but just real quick to just expand on on that thing, like the flashbacks, and uh, Ryan Airy made this point on that show. I'm loving everything uh, before that, and I think when I'm thinking back about the the two episodes, everything that's memorable to me so far um, that I've liked has been through the flashbacks, right? Like I do, you know, I don't, like we talked about it last time, like, you know, they could they have done that initial scene where he's, you know, surviving and pulling himself out of the monster or whatever? Yes. You know, could they have done that better? Sure. But it's still memorable. You know what I mean? Like, it's still to me, I'm like, you know, like he's stuck in there. He has to pull the oxygen, you know, cable uh, from the stormtrooper. Like, that's cool. And in this, you know, the uh, the train sequence, especially. Yes. Um, that was like, like, what a great moment. Um and then there's some goofy shit in here too, like him him on the bike when the bike showed up, and then all this dancing, You're talking like about the the montage, uh, like the training sequence. Yeah, yeah. Or like, I mean, there's a GIF going around of him online right now where he's. Um, I don't know if you can see my webcam. I know people listening can't, but he's doing okay. the like pull down, and he's like <laughs> his hands up and being goofy and smiling. I'm like, I'm kind of like, you know, what is this like? <laughs> That's and that's one thing where I like that they have a lot to build on with Boba Fett and they can show this side, but also it does take away a little bit um, to me because to me he's supposed to be like a cold blooded like assassin. Yeah, you know what it's you know what it's like. I want to get like, into um, that. It's like uh uh you know Dragon Ball Super, who's you know a character we both love. I think is hit yes. right, and it's the cold blooded nature of yes. him. Right. It's like and he's, he's just super interesting. Yeah, he's mysterious. Yes. He's, you know, it's it's that. That's kind of what I wish this was more like. I don't have a problem with what they're doing, but it's a little goofy with that stuff. Yes. I, well, I that was I mean, that's a very good point. And I, I have it in my show notes as from a comic book perspective, that's mm-hmm. the Wolverine. So Wolverine for thirty years, let's say, from the seventies to the I think 2000 or late actually like late 90s early 2000s he didn't have a backstory so the whole thing about wolverine was 
he was interesting because he was mysterious. You didn't yeah. because he forgot all his memories, right? You didn't he didn't even know. So he couldn't even tell you his backstory, but he showed up. He's got a bad attitude. Like he's, you know, yeah, I'm ready to rip people up. He's got these mm-hmm. uh sharp razor sharp claws. He's going to take everybody out. He was smoking cigars. So Yeah. W- that was great, right? We love that about Wolverine. We love that his backstory was mysterious and it built up all this interest. He became like the most popular character at Marvel. And this is he was rivaling up there with Spider-Man, Superman and Batman at DC. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with this storyline called Origin in the early 2000s, I want to say. I'd, I'd have to look up the exact date. Now, I don't think you ever read that comic, but I know you saw the Wolverine movie, the the X-Men Origins Wolverine. That was the one. Oh, we're that, talking about, yeah, this is not Old Man Logan, right? Correct. Yeah, this is Origins. Man. This is his origin story. Yeah. So they like basically... own claw on the cover, yes. I think, of so the they trade. Took that, yeah. Yes, that trade, they basically took that whole story and, and did the X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. But... That book was not well received because it had no way of living up to people's expectations of 30 years of them. And that's the same thing with Boba Fett. I think people have built up this character, and he's even more than Wolverine because Wolverine has had actual stories, you know, and he's been in in cartoons and, and movies and popular media. Boba Fett's only been sparsely, like we said, he hasn't been yeah. on screen very much, but he's been and, in the books. And they took a, not took away, but I mean, there's like a whole, like, hey, this is a Mandalorian mask. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there's, right. It's, so it becomes that's more that mystery because like, you didn't know what he looked like. Yeah. Yeah. And that is 100%, I feel like, a mistake in this show to, is to have him without the mask so yeah. much. Maybe, and that's, maybe later episodes he put, keeps it on more, but I mean, yeah, th- this beginning stuff, while I do like the flashbacks and him without it, him walking around trying to be intimidating and like, yeah. you know, running this thing, you know, quote unquote with respect. Right. Um, and to have his face, it just feels weird. It just doesn't feel like intimidating or like it's cool. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because that's how I felt about Mandalorian when Pablo took his helmet off and you're seeing Pablo. To me, it's like, oh, that's not. I think the Mandalorian is the mask. That's in my mind. Mando is the mask. That's how Boba Fett has always been. That's how Vader was. And the same thing with, like I'm saying, where with Wolverine, they demystified him. And instead of leaving up to your imagination, they told you his backstory, right? And it wasn't as interesting as what we had been thinking of for 30 years. So Wolverine, that whole story was a letdown with his origin story. I think this same thing with, with the Boba Fett of when you take him out of the suit, it's you're demystifying him. And the same thing with the prequels. Remember it was, you were telling Anakin's backstory and they even kind of told Boba's backstory in episode two. That's where he got the whole Django Fett is, you know, they cloned him and all that stuff, which also heavily plays into this episode. He's got a a ton of uh, daddy issues that he deals with Mm -hmm. in the flashbacks and stuff. But that I think they're going to try to de-associate him with the armor. I don't know if that's going to be... It ain't going to work. Just, I, don't, I don't see it. I want him to be in the armor. Like you, just Same as you. As soon as he took the armor off and he's walking around, oh, he's a 60-year-old New Zealand actor now. Yeah. He's not the bad Boba. Like That's the guy that that we've been loving for years. And you know what? It's funny. I don't think you and I have ever talked about this. 
I was never a Boba Fett fan growing up as a kid. I no, I was tell. like you're just such a jerk about it all the nah, time. No, no, no. That's that's yeah. being real with you, Jeff. That's not uh-huh. being a jerk. Uh-huh. Boba Fett, the Mando armor was cool to me, but it it wasn't like the people who go out and get tattoos and like the Boba Fett is their guy, right? Like that's who yeah. they identify with. Uh-huh. It was the same thing with Vader for me um, until my wife came along, and that was her favorite character. And and so I my I, my love for Vader was increased once I met my wife, and she has a Darth Vader tattoo. But the same thing with him taking him out of the armor and doing the Anakin as a little kid that demystified mm-hmm. Vader and took away some of his mystique and some of his power. Now, I still think he's a good character, and they told great stories in the Clone Wars and stuff when Anakin was an adult, but we probably didn't need to see little Annie running around in his pod racer, pooping his pants, and yippee! Like, that is not how we want to remember Darth Vader, right? Like, we want him to be always this, like, super character that we always you know love and that's the same thing with boba fett so i think it's this show is kind of like you're gonna get both sides of the coin it's like it's cool to see his backstory it's cool to see how he got out of the sarlacc and all that stuff but then it's also demystifying it so you're losing Mm -hmm. some stuff as well as gaining some stuff so it's not like a a hundred percent hit it's like you got your hits and your misses but um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they finish this story because, like you said, him walking around by himself without the armor. How are they going to play that? You know, for the rest of the show, because then that's the same thing with like with Spider Man. And I've always said this, even back to Tobey Maguire, when mm-hmm. the actors are like, "Oh, I got to show my face because otherwise it's just a stunt man in a costume." But it's like Spider Man is the costume. Like when you're when you're reading him in the comics page. And when you're in your mind, it's like you're seeing the suit in your head. You're not seeing Peter Parker, hey, it's a white guy uh, running around. It's like there's nothing that necessarily distinguishes him as Peter Parker. When he's got the suit on, okay, that's Spider-Man. I know who that is. That's the same thing with Darth Vader's armor, same thing with Stormtrooper armor, same thing with uh, Mandalorian armor. So I want to see how they do it for the rest of the show, but I'm kind of hesitant now. Yeah, and I I want to say too, like, just to, like to overall put a, a pin in that point, um, or add extra punch to that. I mean, I think like, it, uh, I don't know, not to take away credibility from everybody, but I think like half the Star Wars characters are interesting because of the way they look. Like the, you know what I mean? Like, like the Vader, mm-hmm. like right. Boba, uh-huh. like any of the Mandalorians. You know, the variations of it to the Stormtrooper. I think the look of it is like, oh, this is interesting. Um, and same with the uh, the Tuscan Raiders in the show; yeah. they just look interesting. They 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 look cool, you know. Yeah, and, and that's like if actually, they took off their masks and like revealed what was under it. I don't know if I want to, you know what I mean. And I wouldn't right. want to see what's what it, this thing is, you know. Right. Yeah, I don't know if we've seen that before, uh, but that's actually a good point. Talking about the Tuscan Raiders, I think that might be so far for me. You know, we'll see how the rest of the show goes as far as me loving Boba Fett as a character, but. Mm. These first two episodes have been the Tuscan Raiders, you know, I mean, getting to know them. Has anybody done this? Has no. anybody done this before? This is the first the time they've stuff? ever kind of fleshed out Tuscan Raiders. That is what I think you have to give 
this show and not you specifically, but just in general, I think you have to give this and I think you have to give Mando credit is that they are poking into things that are more interesting. Like, you know, like, hey, there's yeah. another Yoda. Like, hey, you didn't see a lot of people that were like Yoda. Right. Oh, well, we have a baby. You know, you didn't yes. see, you know, per, you didn't get as much of a personality from the Tuscan Raiders as you right. do here. You know, like they're well, just not diving into it as much, you know, right. or they weren't before. But now, like, I think that is commendable to try to do that stuff. You right. Know? I think you got to give them credit. And that might be my, like I said, uh, thus far, I think that might be my favorite thing about these first two episodes is you're not only seeing them as, oh, they're just mindless beasts. Because that's how they've been portrayed pretty much the entire Star Wars. Right, like, yeah. they, they make that noise and they wave their <laughs> yeah, stick and, violent, and they shoot at yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. And this is adding something new to their lore because basically it's saying, oh, there's actually different versions of Tusken Raiders. There's different tribes of Tusken Raiders. They're not all the same. And the 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 ones that, that we knew were the ones that took Anakin's mom, you know, like, oh, Anakin just, like, mowed them down. Those guys, yeah, probably deserve that. But yeah. these these guys have honor. These guys have a code. Are you, are you making an excuse for murdering? No, no, no. Anakin hmm. could do what okay. Anakin do because he's a chosen one, Jeff. You need uh-huh. to know that. Uh-huh. But the Tusken Raiders in this show – like you actually care about them you actually want them to succeed and they go on this heist and you want them to pull off the heist like they're yeah. going against those other crime you know the other crime uh aliens yeah. what are we gonna call like those admiral the juniors pike oh, that's what they call <laughs> yeah, them. yeah like, and dude. they also did something in this episode which was different than the clone wars because those guys were in the clone wars but they looked different than we had seen them oh, before. Oh, okay. And so well, people are like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Because they were in Solo also. But yeah. in this show, the way that they reconciled it and said, oh, the reason why they look different in two different mediums or two different things is because yeah. they were wearing masks because they actually took the mask off in this one. Yeah, and I want to say something else about, like while we're on the topic of the Tusken Raiders, because this is a, and it's a thing you had in your notes too, you know, heavy Dune vibes here. Oh, yeah, right. Um, and... And I, I'm liking that about this show. Yes. And and I think, you know, what it is, too, is it's like in Dune, man, I can't remember anything from Dune because I've, I've been consuming so <laughs> Let much the of other spice stuff. flow, Jeff. But the people of that planet, you know, yes, like I think, you, yeah, I think you inherently just have respect for them, you know, because it's sort of like the it's like the Native American thing, right? Right. Like you, right. People, they didn't get the respect they deserve on their yes, own land. Right. And I think, you know, that's how people should be. People should be respected in their own environment, like yes, their own traditions and stuff. And I, the I indigenous, think that, yeah, exactly. Right. The indigenous people of this planet, yeah. And that's cool because, well, there's a couple of things to unwrap there. First of all, the the Dune influences. If anybody doesn't know, Dune came out first and influenced Star Wars and George Lucas a ton, and like so many things. Too. Yeah. yeah, like beyond. And yeah. seeing it here, it's it's funny because it's like you're. We just saw the Dune movie earlier, you know, a couple months ago, and now we're seeing this. But the, the the whole thing about spice and the sand people and the desert planet, all of that stuff, um, comes out, and it's it's a nice homage, it's a nice tribute to Dune, I think. Um, but the indigenous people thing, I think, is cool because not only is it we got kind of the the peyote scene mm-hmm. where it's like the 
it's like a Native American uh, the, the ayahuasca tradition. trip. Yeah, and I'm not whatever. a I'm not a scholar <laughs> on Native American studies, but yeah. from what we know of from popular culture, it's cool to have that. And then on top of that, Tamora Morrison, who plays Boba Fett, is a Maori uh, New Zealand actor, and he like you can see that he has some of that in and that's the indigenous people of Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, you can see that in the show and even does the haka, which is that dance, the mm. tribal dance that they oh, do at yes. the end. Yeah. So that the all Hawaiian of that football team yeah, does right. yeah. The Rock does it, all a bunch of Samoans do it. Yeah. That all of that stuff was cool um to see him putting his culture in there as well. So I, I thought that was all that mm-hmm. stuff was was uh interesting. But um the peyote scene, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. That was also I think the the highlights for me in this episode was the peyote scene and then the stagecoach heist. Those are the mm-hmm. two kind of big set pieces. Um yeah. in that peyote scene, it was a ton of layers of stuff that was happening. And it's all about him being a you know a kid his dad leaving him and trying to not go down the path, I think, of his of his family. But he's a clone of his dad. It's not even like he's the son. He's like literally a duplicate. Is, yeah, a duplicate. Yeah. yeah. Biologically, it's like he's the exact same. Um, but there's a ton of like him being raised, you know, in violence, and there wasn't a good mentor figure for him as he was growing up, because his dad died when he was pretty young in episode two, and then kind of having to make his way through the galaxy. That, all of that stuff where there was the, like, you saw the two trees, like there was the big tree and the little tree, and it's like, that. okay, that represents the father and the son, and then him having to make the gaffy stick out of the wood of that tree, all of that stuff I thought was great. I thought it was, um, you know, putting all those layers in there was cool. Um, yeah. Which tree one. was Samuel L. Jackson the, when he murders the, his dad? <laughs> <laughs> all of that stuff was great. Um, yeah. But that scene, I thought, like I said, and then the stagecoach, I, I saw people saying that that stagecoach was the best action scene they've seen in Star Wars. I'm not going to go that far because oh. I'm a lightsaber guy. I'm going to put the lightsaber duels. And when we mm-hmm. get this Kenobi show, we are definitely getting another Anakin Obi-Wan duel. We have to. like, Or that show is a failure if we don't get that duel. Um, but the yeah. stagecoach action I thought was pretty good. And a lot of the Western tropes that we've seen, you know, but in space. Yeah, and, jumping on the train. Yeah. The, yeah, the riding of, right. you know, not a horse, but like a motorcycle-esque thing. Next yeah. Year. Yeah. I, I, would, I would agree. I don't... Um, just because I think this, you know, and we talked about before, you know, people not liking the way these these shows look, and I think this thing looks fantastic, like for what it is, for being mm-hmm. a TV show yeah, that's pumped out, right. you know, much quicker than like a movie over like five years, whatever it is, right? Um, and that's actually yeah, that to me has been the most. That's one of the most interesting things I've seen, like out of even out of the Mando stuff, you know, like I, I would put this up. That's the that scene up high. The with, look, you know, that stuff. Yeah, just yeah. the look, and then the action what's happening and, and also them. I like that they're playing with other genres and this goes back to like uh, visions as well. Yes. Right. Like I, I like that. And you know, I liked visions so much too, because it gives you like, I like Japanese creatives period. 
Right. Uh, because they just give you a different perspective. You know what right. I mean? They give you like right. a whole different view of it. And I, and I like it when Star Wars does that too. They, they, you know, mess around with the genre. Like people are going to write it off. Like, oh, they just try to do a Western thing with this. But I like that. You know, I like to see them yeah, that's what try other stuff. Right. You know what I mean? That's the same for me. That's what I want out of these TV shows because a lot of the movies I felt like, you know, were starting to repeat themselves. A lot of the same story beats in, in seven, eight, and nine. And then with the solo movie, it was like, why is, why is this a movie? Why is this not a TV show? I think it's it, that would have been better as a TV show solo. And we're actually, I think, going to get, this is just me speculating. I think, uh, what's her name? Khaleesi? Mm-hmm. She was in oh, Solo, yeah. if you remember. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to appear in this series. Because yeah. at the end of Solo, they were setting up either a, se- a sequel or a trilogy. But because it was like the worst received Star Wars movie of all time at the box office, I don't think we're getting another Solo movie. But they were setting her up to be like a crime lord. And Amelia then also Clark. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's who it is. They were, they were setting her up and then Darth Maul. Both of those yeah. were, were like, oh, th- this was like the cliffhanger, but we're never going to get to see that Man. paid off. You know, being a fan of, of the Clone Wars show, you know, being caught up on that, if they, if they <laughs> don't figure out Maul in live action, then that, that is a grave mistake. That's where I have confidence in like Favreau and uh, Filoni. Uh, Filoni, yeah. yeah. You know, I think they're going to, I think they'll do that justice. But if they, if they don't, if he doesn't get his own series, if he's not a major plot point in one of these, then it is... A gigantic mistake by them. Yeah, I one of my favorite characters of all time. So yeah, definitely we need to get some more Maul in there. But yeah, I like having the different genres explored in TV. So that's what I'm liking out of these Disney Plus shows as well. And it's cool that we're getting to go back to Obi-Wan with Ewan McGregor, which is what everybody wanted. Yeah, and I was going to say real quick while we're talking about, just while I'm thinking of it too, we were talking about those those scenes, the flashbacks. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of times like I appreciate, you know, when a show goes, uh, you know, more minimal, right? Uh-huh. When there's, there's just not like, there's not a lot of dialogue in those scenes, especially the first two. You know, there is some, and you know, he's trying to communicate, but you're, it's not like, you know, like if you looked at this script, you're not going to see like a lot of words written out, you know, you're going to there. I'm sure there's a lot of action and like, and, and stuff that is, that is written out, but it is not, you know, just him speaking or them, you know, doing that. Uh, and I like that about these two is, is it kind of takes a step back. It's, you know, what it reminded me of, um, and actually I'm reading this book. I'm almost, I'm getting near done with it. Um, uh, no country for old men. The, hey. the movie. Um, the movie's interesting cause they just don't put like a soundtrack to anything you know what i mean they they cut that back so you're not like distracted so when movies and what they've done with these is where they cut back and they don't give you like a ton of dialogue uh but they still you know are making interesting things happen on the screen um that's been another one of my favorite things about these flashbacks is to to kind of minimize you know the the amount of dialogue you, you could have him like you know basically giving exposition you know which would yeah because that's like a rule in filmmaking is show me, don't tell me. And that's supposed yeah. to be more interesting of instead of just exposition dumps, you know, just telling everything that happened, actually showing it. So, yeah, yeah that's an interesting uh, technique. And, and hopefully we'll get this throughout. Actually, 
in a future episode, you should talk about that No Country for Old Men, um, the book versus the movie, because I love the movie. I've never read the book before. Yeah. Um, and Cormac McCarthy is like, you know, legendary, and he wrote yeah. The Road. Yeah. Um, so those are some great things. I wanted to, to give a little bit of trivia or... Let's talk um, about the Wookiee. What the fuck? Easter eggs. Well... Are we not talking about the Wookiee? That is an Easter egg for Star Wars fans, and he's going to come back definitely for sure. They're, they're not going to just show him that one time, and you're never going to see him again. Um, yeah. I unfortunately got it spoiled on Twitter for me. People are, you know, oh. I, I didn't get a chance to watch the episode before I came home from work. People on Twitter, hey, he's in the show. He's in live action. And for me, that was, you know, I was like, dang, I wish I had seen that for the first time in the show. Cause I always love when you get a character from the comics. Cause that's where he came from. Give, Black, give his name. What's his name? Black Chrysanthemum. That's where he came from is he was originally in the Vader comics. Then he oh. went over to uh, Dr. Afra, and he was in the star Wars comic because him and Boba worked together. They yep. have a history together um, before Darth Vader hired him to do separate jobs. So if you guys are interested in Black Chrysanthemum. He's supposed to be like the baddest Wookiee in in the galaxy. So he's like the most formidable warrior. You know, this is over Chewbacca. Chewbacca's like nice and, you know, he'll rip your arms out of your sockets or whatever. But he's not like the warrior like Black Chrysanthemum is. So Dr. Afra is one of my favorite comics. And I want you to get caught up on that because you read the Vader comic where she appears first. But. Yeah. You haven't read any of her solo yeah. stuff, have Where you? Where I left off, they he had kicked her out of the thing. Okay. She was, like, living. Or, you know, yeah. like, they had, they had hinted, like, hey, there's more to come. And if you like, not only Jeff, but anyone who's listening, if you like Indiana Jones, Dr. Afra is just a female Indiana Jones. She's an archaeologist. She goes around the galaxy just trying to get artifacts. She's got the, the murder droids with her. She works with Black Chrysanthemum a lot. She, she calls him Santi or, yeah. or Black K. That character i really like um so hopefully we'll get some more from him coming up they, uh, they, got, they do yeah they do a good job in here too i just want to talk about it like seeing him like just the uh the whole look of it i thought the they, look did, of him. They, they did really well like uh yeah. you know the 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 eyes making look, a menace like, dating yeah, yeah yeah i thought that was like because you know he has like uh what were what those wrestlers back in the day that had like the shoulder pads? You know what I mean? He comes in here. Oh, with Legion of Doom. Shoulder pads. Yeah. yeah. Like Legion of Doom coming uh, through here. What you a know. rush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, I, I did. I, I just, it's just a, this is like, this is to me where like, you know, when I, when I told you, I was like, you're not going to like this episode. This is the things where I'm like, like this, I think this stuff will appeal to you. Right. Like I look at this and I'm like, you know, People will call it fan service, and that's fine. But I think like it's just interesting stories to me that can be, you know, told from these characters appearing. Yeah. So when you said I wouldn't like it, you were saying I would like it. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying you wouldn't like it because uh, I you know you and you hate Boba Fett is why oh, okay. I said that. All right. So Jeff doesn't know what he's talking about, but mm -hmm. we're gonna continue with the Easter eggs, Jeff. We also got to see Tashi Station. I want to go to Tashi Station, pick up some power converters. Let's get. <laughs> so that was the the station where they had the bar fight, basically, where Boba came oh, okay. in, yeah. without his armor on, took everybody out. You saw two humans. They focused on two humans. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a Star Wars fan, oh, okay, that's just two white guys or two white people. That's what I thought. If you're a Star Wars fan, number one, that's Tashi Station. So that's like a big deal because the only time we've ever seen Tashi Station is in a deleted scene 
on the original movie. Oh, this is really? the first time we're seeing it, and it looked exactly like that deleted scene. And then oh, it's, it's the whole bar, right? Yeah, or whatever. Okay. And that's where they that's where he picks up power converters, which I don't know what he does with that. But the two characters are Cammy Marstrap and Lays Lonezer. And um they were Luke's best friends. They they're one of his best friends when he was growing up. And even uh Cammy, he in the novelization of uh Rise of Skywalker. No, I'm sorry, um Last Jedi. In the novelization for Last Jedi, there's actually a passage in there which didn't make it to the movie where he had a dream that he married Cammy. He was like, if I had never left um, Tatooine, Tatooine, I would have married Cammy. So it was supposed to be like, oh, this is his girl. Like, this is who Luke was was crushing on before he left Tatooine. Um, so God. those characters, they're they're just like Easter eggs for star, you know, big Star Wars Luke fans. That's it, mm-hmm. It's all tied to Luke Skywalker. For Jeff... There's a little Easter egg of the droid 8D8. Now, that was in the very beginning when he's like Jabba's, or he was like Jabba's droid. And he's explaining that the guy's like an assassin that's not going to talk. Right. That voice was Matt Berry from Hmm. Jeff's favorite show on TV right now. Jeff, Uh what's your favorite show? Not not Dexter. <laughs> the vampire uh, show. Oh, yeah. Uh now you, you made me <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, what they do in Jackie the chat. Jackie Dakota, yeah. Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My favorite oh. character on my favorite show. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, um What We Do in the Shadows. That was Matt Berry. He's a British comedian. Um he he they had a little bit of processing on his voice. But I could still mm-hmm. tell it was him. So that yeah, was see, him. like I'm terrible with that. So yeah, you you know that's where I need you to tell me that. If stuff. you go back and watch it again, it, I mean he's been in multiple episodes. Mm-hmm. Also, someone who's been in multiple episodes is Robert Rodriguez. Now he directed the first episode. Um, he did not direct this episode. This episode is directed by Steph Green, and I'll talk about her in a second. But in the first episode, Robert Rodriguez voiced Doc Strassi, and in the second episode, he was the mayor. Mock oh, okay. Sh- he was Shaz, doing that. Shaz. Um, yeah, the guy and, from Halo, the guys from Halo, the prophets from Halo. Yeah, come on, <laughs> that did it did look like them, uh, yeah. but I picked out his voice as well. There's it was a, like you could tell he is he has a specific way of speaking. Um, <laughs> so Robert Rodriguez has been in it. Um, l- last thing I'll say about the episode, which I enjoyed, the director Steph Green has directed episodes of shows that we have loved: Jeff Watchmen, <laughs> Luke Cage, and Preacher. So a lot of comic yeah. book tie-ins, and now she's on Star Wars. So I think she's like having a building a steady track record for TV directing. So what, about, what about my blue man on the keyboard? You know what I mean? Who's that dude? So there's like there's this is not a confirmation. We don't have a confirmed sighting. But the only other time we've seen a blue alien in star wars is max rebo and that's the in the band of the original series Mm -hmm. that's the kind of he's like a he's a jizz player jeff and that's the star wars i know (laughs) that's the star wars equivalent of like music on tatooine yeah so my my boy he's got to be like a a descendant or maybe that's the man that's the man it definitely could be because this is supposed to be five years after return of the jedi now he was in return of the jedi 
We yeah. don't know if this is his buddy, his brother, or if that's him, but he definitely looks exactly like Max Rebo. And another little um, Easter egg, which I did not put on our show notes, but I was thinking about it as we were um, talking about it. The guy that plays the... he's So originally on Star Tours, the, the guide for you was voiced by Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens. Mm-hmm. They brought him back... When they when they redid Star Tours, C three PO is now the guide, so he's no longer his name is Rex. C three PO is now the guide. Rex is in the queue when you're walking through the line. If you look over, you'll see Rex. Um, so okay. it's like an Easter egg. But they moved him over to Galaxy's Edge, and now he's in the cantina. He's the DJ. So Rex is the DJ. Anyways, he's in the show as well. So a lot that of was Paul Schaefer like characters. Uh, yeah. in this in this universe. A lot. So keep on watching the book of Boba Fett. Jeff and I will probably be talking about chapter three next week. I don't know if it'll be our main discussion, but I think we're going to continue with these this Boba is, Fett talks. It's my, main, it's my main thing right now, so probably. I also forgot to tell uh, I, I made a mistake last week, so I wanted to correct it. Um, the first season, we didn't know how many episodes it was going to be. It's going to be seven episodes total. So we've got five left after this running from December 29th to February 9th. So we'll see the conclusion of Book of Boba Fett next month, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm liking these, uh, I'm liking the Disney, you know, not overloading me with episodes vibe, you know. Yeah, which is funny. Six to seven, maybe ten, you know, and then wrap it up. Yeah. And also, some people I've talked to wanted to get every episode at once. I like having the week-to-week we can have the water cooler discussion. We can talk about it. There's a little yeah. bit of time to breathe in between. You're not rushing to watch every episode because people are going to spoil it, like having Black Chrysanthemum spoiled for you on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like having the week-to-week. I like having seven episodes. And I like having Star Wars on TV because yeah. when we're waiting in between seasons for Mando, it's like, dang, man, when's the next episode going to come out? Mm-hmm. Um, but I like having this. And I'm saying that's, you know, that is a good point that it, you know, you know, releasing it like this, I think I prefer in general. You know, there are times where like I'll stop and I won't watch a show until I can binge it. You know, and there's things that fit that, but like for shows that I'm watching live, like this, like you're right. Like, you know, what if we, you know, it, does the Wookiee moment in this episode stand out as much as if you can, like, say he does appear later on in the show? Like, you know, it might not mean as much like this moment. Whereas, like now yes. in the in the week in the time like hey this is like oh you know oh crap you know like they got this guy in it you know what i mean like yes. i think it i think it lends uh, a little more suspense to the whole show when you do it like this yeah so also check out the like i said in our show notes i've got three screen crush videos these guys are killing it on explainer videos so i've got three boba fett screen crush videos in the show notes including one jeff where he talks about Ryan Airy talks about how Boba Fett became an icon with just two minutes of screen time. So that kind of recaps the whole everything you saw before Mando. Yep. So that's in our show notes. Uh, let's get on to our weekly recommendations, Jeff. So what do you recommend to our listeners this week? You know, I'm going to, if we want to do a recommendation, uh, real quick, I, just, I do want to talk about Halo. And I yeah. do have another recommendation uh, oh, okay. at the bottom of our list, uh, which I'll talk about in a second. All right. Um, how far have you gone in the Halo story? Has that 
because I started playing the single player, and that is boring to me. Ah. Uh, where and I, and I, you know, I made some notes in here, and it's a little bit of the thing we're talking about too, like with the. I think I talked about it last time when we did the uh, we did the big reviews. Um, a lot of the campaign levels just feeling like. You know, like they're definitely trying to recreate the, you know, initial like Halo uh, combat evolved experience of going through the ship and all that stuff. Right. Yes. Um, and, then, you know, it just remember, remember this. Oh, man. And then they do. They fall into a lot of problems, too, with this Halo game where, you know, the, for me, the game is, you know, it's Team Slayer, which they yes. fixed. They did put out the playlist, which yes. is much appreciated. And I like that because now I've, you know, I've been playing it recently and. It's like, this is the thing I want to do, so now yes. I can do that. Right. And um, the problem they fall into is they still don't do like enough of like battle rifle game. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. they still miss the, I think miss the boat a little bit on some of this stuff. Um, but you know, I feel like this this multiplayer is like really strong. Having, you know, if you think about like four and five, how weak those were to me. Like I played them for a little while, but I eventually just gave up on them. Um, but this one feels like it might have a little bit of staying power. I feel like there is there is a niche they can stay in here. You know, I don't know if I want to see a uh you know, a freaking battle royale or anything yet, but uh I'm liking I'm liking the game. I didn't know how you felt so far about that because the open world to me is a little bit boring to be honest. Yeah. Like we talked about originally, I'm not a big open world guy, but I'm enjoying that feeling that I had of the original Halo and the nostalgia of, you know, the 30 seconds of fun, I'm getting that. But I can also see the points where it's like, oh, that's a redo of this. That's a redo of Cortana. That's a redo of this. You know, there's the librarian. There's like, I just got to that part where it was like, oh, that's the same. This is the exact same story beats over and over again. So I'm getting that exact same feeling that I got out of episode seven, um, where it was like, man, this is really fun having a lot of the same kind of story beats of the original Star Wars, but with new characters. Yeah. But at the same time, you can kind of, in the back of your mind, that's not really creative, right? That's not, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're just giving us the same high that we had originally. And I think that's something that's unique about our generation or our whatever geek culture now, because when I was growing up or when my dad was growing up, everything was a new IP. Everything was new, you know, ideas and the the stuff that we're getting today. There's a lot of creative stuff that's going on, a lot of new stuff, but I think people are voting with their wallets where they they want the same stuff over and over again, and so they're getting a lot of the same stuff over and over again. We're getting a lot of sequels. We're getting a lot of reboots and redos and um, yeah, Harry Potter's. Yeah. yeah, like one thing is successful, and then they just want to do it to death until it's until mm-hmm. they beat a dead horse. So yeah. I'm enjoying Halo, and you know the multiplayer is a different thing because that's you you do want to have the same thing over and over again because you're having fun with the multiplayer. You know, and I was going to say, great point before you move on from that because that's exactly what I was going to say. They redo things in this game, but they don't do it in the right spots, right? These maps in here, some of them are so bad to me. Like, yeah. and that's not to say, I mean, I've had fun times on, on all of the maps. Like, uh-huh. they've all had their their moments. 
But man, like, you know, why couldn't you bring back like a, another multiplayer map from another game? You know what I mean? Like those games right. are, are, there's a reason people play the same Counter-Strike map over and right. over again. There's the reason they play, you know, it's like, though that stuff doesn't get tiring. Yeah. Um, Hopefully they will. They, yeah. And, and I just think it sucks that they don't have like, you know, like there's definitely Halo 3 maps that should be in this game, especially if they're making it this like subscription like service. Yeah. You know, this like battle battle pass type of thing like you need to bring you know the whole thing like you should give people the full experience and i think you know step one of that is to put some good maps into the game which to me also includes like recreating some stuff that's classic right so it's like it's a double-edged sword redoing stuff and putting a new shine on it there's there is some merit to that because there's also the reboots where it's like you get the exact same game, but then it looks like crap because the you know the engine hasn't been updated, or it's just that they're up resing stuff and it just doesn't look as good as modern stuff. Then you get stuff like Halo, where it's like, oh, this is on the new engine, this is you know brand new stuff, but we're getting the same story beats. So creatively, it's not as fulfilling. So I'm getting the same kind of vibe. So I want to see what happens at the end of the story. Cause I just got to the part where they're, they were like, Oh, Cortana was here six months ago. And they're, tr- they're tr- trying to retrace Cortana's steps and see what she, what she's yeah. up to. So I, I'm putting that first, then I'm going to do guardians of the galaxy and then psychonauts. That's my kind of order for campaigns. I want to beat mm-hmm. in those orders. Um, so I'll continue with, halo infinite i'm enjoying it but i'm not like crazy about it yeah and then uh to give my true recommendation uh, of the week there's a, a netflix uh documentary that's out uh called the alpinist um we'll link to that obviously as well um what was the uh, remember the the other rock climber guy movie um that came out a handful oh, yeah, of years that ago? one making big I mean, splashes um let me look it it's up. It's called like the Dawn Wall, maybe something like that. What is that? I forget the guy's name. Um, yeah, look that up, young Jamie. Um, find that. Was it the one that won the the Oscar? I want to say so. I want it was the free guy, solo. Free solo. Thank yes. you. Yeah, that that stuff. Um, so and actually, that guy, whoever that that the guy's name is, if you have that up, uh, he's in this uh, thing. Oh, and they're talking about Alex Hannand. Yeah, Honnold? yeah, uh, Honnold. Honnold, I think is Honnold, how you say it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's in this documentary um, and it's, it's a similar vibe of that. So if you were into free solo, if you thought that that was interesting, I think this one kind of ramps it up a little bit. Cause he's doing um, a lot of like tougher things than that. You know, he's doing that stuff, but on like an ice, you know, side of a mountain, you know, oh. he's doing, um, some crazy stuff. Um, and it's about this young kid and like, I won't spoil it, but you know, it's not, it's not a happy ending uh, on this stuff. And uh, he's a much more interesting character, I think, than oh, okay. Alex Honnold from the other yes. stuff. And they're both good. I really do like that other stuff, but um, you know, this one goes down a little bit of a, a different path. And I think uh, there's some interesting stuff here and, you know, you see like this guy is not into like having cameras in his face. Like uh. there's, there's a point in the movie where like, or in the documentary where like his camera crew is trying, they're trying to capture him like on these, like, you know, you know, finishing these like legendary in that community, legendary like walls, you know, that he's climbing and these mountains that he's climbing and and summiting. And uh, they're trying to capture that. And he's just leaving and doing them. He's not inviting the camera crew out. He's not doing anything. He just goes and does it. 
And then like from some of this stuff, the most he has is like a little, a little picture he takes at the top of the mountain on his phone or something, you know? Um, and they're like, you know, what are you doing? So it's a, he's a more, he's kind of a weird character in the movie uh, or in the documentary. And uh, I think that stuff uh, makes it more interesting uh, for this time. And I think this, the overall story that's being told here is more interesting than like free solo. Um, so yeah, if you're into that, I think this is a, a nice like step up uh, in terms of everything, like intensity uh, characters and uh, storytelling. Everything is uh, ramped up on this one. Okay. Yeah. It's on my list. I just haven't had a chance to watch it, but I will check out the Alpinist, which is on Netflix. There's a link in our show notes. Uh, something I did get a chance to check out over the Christmas break when I was in Texas was the newest Disney animated movie, Encanto, Jeff. This is the latest Lin-Manuel Miranda joint. He did all the songs for it. Oh, my God. Is there any rapping in this? Tell <laughs> me, no, for the love of God. Uh, not necessarily. There's there's some rhyme. If and- he does more Moana, I'm going to puke. <laughs> Well, somebody said that they were getting tired of his oh. style, but he's only he only did Encanto and Moana as far as animated. I mean, I guess if you didn't like In the Heights and Hamilton, but as far as like animated stuff, he's only yeah. done two movies. It's yeah. only his second Me. one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still a fan, Jeff. I liked all of the songs. And the lead girl, the lead actress is Stephanie Beatrice, who you would know from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, she almost got the She-Hulk job, Jeff. She was she was yeah. campaigning for it, but she didn't get it. But I think she's great in the movie. It's a nice Colombian tale, Jeff. We also we already had Coco for Latin representation, so my wife was very happy. Um, she's been singing the songs um, ever since we got home from Texas. And the Coco, opening. Coco, what a great movie! I think Coco is a better movie, but. Yeah. Encanto is also really good. Um, so if you mm. like Disney animated movies, you'll probably like Encanto. John Leguizamo does a good job um, as Uncle Bruno. Um, but it's a it's a story about kind of everybody in her family has powers, and she's the only like normal girl or normal person mm. in the family. And she's trying to figure out, you know, why is her family extraordinary and she's not – um, all while living in the in the Colombian mountains, Jeff. So if mm. any of that stuff interests you, I think you will like Encantos. Very good, very good movie. So not as much rapping. I don't think I'm looking. I'm looking at right now. I'm listening to some on YouTube. I'm ignoring the podcast. I'm <laughs> listening to Encanto music, and this seems to have you know because you know what it is. And then I mean I didn't want to get in this on the recommendation That's his style. I think, but. He his style to me in Moana is bland. Like mm-hmm. there is a reason. Like you know, you would say like, you know, and let's just call it what it is. White people would technically give <laughs> you know Lin Manuel Miranda be like, oh, technically this is some you know great wordplay here, and it's like yeah, yeah but it's not all about wordplay. Yeah. You know, it's a there is there's style. There's guys with a voice. Like DMX is a very you know, in terms of wordplay, much more simpler than him. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason DMX would hit harder on like a rap song than him. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, and I've that's never, what his stuff lacks to me. There's not yeah. enough of that to me in some of his stuff. Yeah. Well, I think it's for me, I have to ignore that because that was the thing when Hamilton first came out, that was a buzz. Oh, it's a rap musical, right? Like it's, it's yeah. all about, it's a history 
of our country, but in rap. And then I listened to it, and I'm like, eh, that's not this really is, rap. This is not rap. This yeah. is, and I respect what he does. And I think, yeah. you know, it, it, credit to him for like, you know, like he's not somebody that's like, I don't, I wouldn't call it a vulture or nothing like that. You know, yeah. but like, I think he does respect it. And I think, you know, you hear in interviews him be, you know, respectful of that stuff. Right. To me, I just think that his style to me just does not please me. But like looking at this, there's like, this is different. You know what I mean? It sounds like in this one, Moana, it was very much that. And I did not like Moana. Oh, you didn't like the movie overall. I didn't like like the movie. I hated The Rock. The Rock is not rapping. That is not what that (laughs) is. That is forced words out of your mouth right like, and to that's, me it was terrible i think that's because he can't sing even though he's like yeah. he tries to be a singer um yeah. but yeah i i don't like saying that lin-manuel miranda is like a great rapper but i do yeah. like his word playing i like the rhymes that he comes up with and the way that they incorporated the story around the songs because yeah. i think he didn't necessarily write the movie but the songs that he wrote all the songs and the songs are part of the story. So he gets a story credit on the movie, yeah. but it's just because of the music. But anyways, that's a whole Lin-Manuel Miranda thing. Uh, but Encanto's good. Watch the movie. If you, if you get a chance, if you have kids, they'll love it. If you don't and you just like animation, you'll like it as well. So that was, hold on a second. I got to go back to this. The rock has enough money. All right. Let that guy have his money. We don't it was, need to give him these roles. I don't know if it's still that way, but remember him and Kevin Hart were like the number one God. movie stars in the world. They were making yeah. the most money, but it was just because they were doing so many movies. And I, and I like both of them, but this is overkill. Ah. You know what I mean? I'm just going to keep ranting about Moana. I hate that movie. <laughs> hey, I didn't know. I thought bad. you just didn't like that I'm gif so, of you're welcome. No, no I, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and hey, I'm sure it's, you know, catchy, but man, I have like hey. a million problems with all that stuff. Man. Well, Alan Tudyk was in Moana, and he's in Encanto as a bird, as he was in in uh, Moana. So uh, we yeah, love Alan Tudyk. Encanto for also, yeah, giving Hispanic people more representation. Yeah, that's that is a good thing because too. all of the actors are Hispanic, and then it's a Colombian tale. They they respect the music of Colombia, so I like that. Yeah. Um, the culture well. about Coco was what made the movie to yeah. me, for me the just a hundred percent the style and, and all that stuff was like so I like that's I I like it when they do more of that yeah and I got a chance to go to Pixar and they were actually doing um, Coco at the time when I got to a uh, chance to go they were doing Coco and then Incredibles two was about to come out so I got to see them working on Incredibles two but mm-hmm. at the time um, in, uh, Moana I'm sorry. Um, Coco was the movie that they were kind of like showing off. So they were showing pictures of when they went to Mexico, showing all the culture and stuff. So I always like when Pixar does that. Speaking of, the next Pixar movie they just announced is going to be straight to Disney+. Plus. I don't know what's going on with these things, but it's like they don't want to show Pixar movies in the theater anymore. But it's that Red Panda movie. Um, it's, it's called not a Dinosaur. Thank God it's not a dinosaur. Oh, man. It's called Turning Red. And it's about this girl that she's a 13 year old girl and she turns into a red panda. Um, so March 11th, hey, Ludwig is doing the music. I didn't know that. I just hey, looked it up. All I'm saying is, is this Pixar stuff is getting watered down. <laughs> it is, you, man, what a well, strong you like soul? place. Soul is strong. I do like soul. I, yeah, you know, I do. That is a, a major, a major key alert. Uh, yeah, <laughs> soul's good, but 
boy, this Lightyear movie better be decent. Because if not, oh my yeah, God. I don't know what's going on with that one. But we'll talk about uh, Lightyear and Turning Red when those come out later this year. Those are two Pixar movies for 2022. But that's going to do it for this episode of Seasons Change. We'd like to thank you for listening. Don't forget, you can always check us out on the socials. Twitter is seasons underscore podcast. You can leave us a voicemail on the Anchor website or the Anchor app, either one, and we'll play it on the air. Uh, don't forget to share us with your friends. iTunes is probably the best, or I should say Apple Podcasts is probably the best for leaving a review and sharing it with people. Because when people ask me, hey, where's, where's your podcast? I usually share... Even though I don't use Apple Podcasts, I use Pocket Cast. That's my podcast app of choice. Most of the time I share the Apple link because that's where most people are listening to their podcasts. So if you want to share us with your friends, let them know. Um, I'm going to try to post some more stuff on my personal socials promoting our podcast because I don't think we're we're getting the word out there, Jeff, because I think we're having some good discussions every week on the Seasons Change podcast. So... If you'd like to help us out, share us with your friends, and check out our sister show, Geek So To Speak, where I have a comic book segment every week, and I'm talking about comic books. And we need to talk more comic books on this show, Jeff, so I want yeah. you to read. This is on the air. This is a recorded. This is for all time, Jeff. I want you to read Dark Knight's Metal, because it's Scott Snyder, it's Greg Capullo, it's the... the the last part of that Batman story because they had their run and they're like, Oh, we're done. But then they yeah. came back and I just read this dark Knights metal. And I think you will like it knowing your taste in comics. Yeah. Next episode. So We'll talk about that. And like I said, geek, so to speak, YouTube channel, Jeff and I are playing video games. Uh, we haven't played one recently, but we're, we're probably going to be getting back to that um, coming up here. So check out the geek, so to speak, YouTube channel, their podcast, and share us with all of your friends. But I think I hear something in the back of my headphones, Jeff. There's a little little twinge, a little, tw- little Twitter in the background. You know what oh, that is? No, no. What is it? It's the seasons changing. Better than those Lin-Manuel Miranda raps, for sure. And Shoff's here too.